This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Post-match chat with Japs for that meal podcast where it finished... At the seaside at Bloomfield Road, Blackpool 2, Millwall 3. Wow. What a night. What a win. What a club. Seriously. Um, just fantastic, isn't it? I mean, what a difference a week makes. Sitting here after the Wigan game, thinking we'd blown it, saying, you know, how poor the performance was, how Rowett needed to look at himself, how the players needed to look at themselves. And... Both of them have, have, have stepped up and, and, and come up trumps this week. Um, it was just such a such a great night. For those of you that were there, um, I've come back and my, my voice is, is gone. It was a, a great atmosphere, sort of about 1,300 of us up there. And um, it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. I think um, the, the, the only... Uh, <laughs> the, the only thing that was more, Mill, more than Millwall fans was Farmers. So for those of you that are up there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um but no, a great night and job done at the time of recording. We now know that obviously Coventry beat Birmingham to be expected, but Sunderland did slip up. They only managed to draw at home to Watford, which leaves it in our hands. And to be, you know, if you'd have told me last week, right, that it would be in our hands after the Wigan game, I would have. I'd, I'd, I'd have bit your hand off. Um, I thought it was all dead and buried, as did a lot of us. If you'd have told me at the start of the season, we'd go into the last game knowing a win would put us into the playoffs. And that is how it is. Uh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Monday week promises to be some spectacle. But before we get on to that, let's just go through the game in a little bit more detail. I'm not going to go into each and every single chance because if I'm being really honest with you, it was so nerve wracking. It was really difficult to take notes and understand exactly everything that was going on. But I'll I'll do my best to kind of regurgitate what I remember, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, a little about some of the players and some of the changes and things. So, starting off with some of the changes, um, Gary Rowett, uh, the, the club when they tweeted out the team, they said you know Rowett shuffles his pack, and he did. He made three personnel changes and a tactical system change, which is which is very bold. And he came out after the game and he said that he felt he needed to change the psychology of the group. And I think that was probably evident for a lot of us to see, right? You know, the last few performances haven't been great. 
We haven't been winning games uh, at the business end of the season and something had to change. You know, you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect different results. So he changed it. Um, so he he brought in uh, three players. So Ryan Leonard, who uh, obviously wasn't even fit to be on the bench in the last game, comes back in and starts. That was the first change. Uh, the second change was bringing Jamie Shackleton uh, back into the starting lineup after some time. Um, and then a first start for a long time again, also for Duncan Watmore. So the cha- the players that dropped out were Scott Malone, Danny McNamara and Ollie Burke. The team lineup, it was it was either going to be, when you saw the lineup, it was either going to be a 3-5-2 or some kind of 4-3-3. It was a 3-5-2. So Leonard playing at the right of, of the three defenders alongside Cooper and Hutch. The wing-backs, Jamie Shackerton, Callum Styles, Savin Mitchell in the middle, um, Fleming... Um, Fleming Watmore and Bradshaw, I say front three, it, it, it was, I would almost say it was Watmore playing off of Bradshaw, but obviously everyone's probably seen the game slightly differently, but that's the way I sort of, I sort of looked at it. Um, so three big changes and uh, personnel changes as well. The other interesting thing as well that I felt was, was the right call. Um, and for those of you that listened to the drive up show that we did, wasn't the best because we kept losing signal, but is what it is. Um, you know, I said I'd like to see Tyler Bure on the bench if he's fit. You know, I know he's had his running with Millwall fans, but away from home, when you need pace and you need that kind of raw ability, you uh, it'd be a useful sub. So he, he came back onto the bench, was in the place of SA, which won't be popular, but I genuinely think in the context of the game, it was the right call. Um, but anyway, anyway, so... I've got to be honest, um, <laughs> the first 30 seconds, we make a, a calamitous cock up and I think we give a corner away instantly. I think we just sort of between Styles and Hutchinson, they get it all wrong and end up giving it for a corner. I was like, oh God, we've started exactly how we finished the last game. However, the corner gets cleared away and after two minutes, some really nice play. So uh, Fleming has it on the right-hand side, and bombing forward, you know, playing in that wing-back role, bombing forward down the right-hand side. He plays in Shackerton. Shackerton, patient, kind of play, dillies with it for a little while, looks to see what's happening, and there comes Ryan Leonard, like a steam train. And there is no other centre-half that would play in that three that would make that run. And that is really important for us, to, I think, to, 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 to remember. He makes that run. It's a great run. It's a great ball from Shackleton. Fizzed in across the box and it's whipped in. So it's, it's got some pace on it. And there's Bradshaw. And it is a, honestly, it's a, it's a class finish. Watch it back. He doesn't have to hit it too hard. He just sort of calmly side foots it straight into the bottom corner. And it, it, it's a great finish and we one new up. And I, I've got to say, the uh, for those of you there, the, the, the feeling... Of, of that goal was just incredible and the scenes were fantastic. It was, it was just brilliant. And we go one new up. Um, and then to be honest, the first, you know, up, then the sort of next 10, 15, 20 minutes is all us. It really is. It's all us. There were, I can recall, recall at least three clear cut chances. Um, two for Bradshaw, one for Watmore. The, the, the Watmore one, uh, he hits the post. It's a good strike from the edge of the box. Hits the post. Could have gone in. Uh, and then Bradshaw has another chance on the turn. He swivels, uh, just goes a whisker away from the post. And then there's another um, opportunity where George Long, brilliant, uh, gets the ball, can see Bradshaw's making the run, pumps it upfield. It's a super inch-perfect ball for Bradshaw. He's running through on goal. Left foot, unfortunately, goes over the bar. But they were 
clear-cut chances. These aren't half chances we're talking about. Maybe the, the swivel turn from Bradshaw's half chance, but the other two are clear-cut, good quality chances. And by that time, you know, we, we should we should have been 2-0 up. Let's, at least, let's be honest. We, we should have been. And we, we're playing really well. We seem confident. We've got that first goal, which we knew would be super important today. Therefore, Blackpool have got to come at us. They had to come at us anyway, because only a win for them would do. But they have to come at us if they're losing. Um, and they do. And they start to then put a little bit of pressure on, have a few corners, and then they win a penalty. Now, what I have to say is on the penalty, um, my opinion of the penalty is that I have seen them give them, but it's very soft. It's very soft. And, and Rowett spoke about this after the game. It's essentially the two players sort of colliding, but because Shackerton sort of clips the back of him, even though the two players have come together, then their player goes down. I think it's C.J. Hamilton, who's a decent player at this level. He goes down. The referee instantly, like it was like he, he was waiting to give it points to the spot. Um, it's it's soft in my view, but I have seen them given. Um, and there is contact. There's no denying it. I just felt they sort of came together rather than Shaka and deliberately making the foul. But they, they get the penalty. Um, and this is after um, three of our players. I'm pretty sure it was Cooper, Fleming and Saville all booked for their first tackles. The Savile one was a joke. It was a 50-50. Admittedly, I've not seen it back on the telly, but from where all of we were, it looked like a 50-50. Now we've got booked, I'll never know. But they get the penalty. Jerry Yates steps up, who also I felt looked like a decent player. I think we've been linked with him before. I think he's got double figures this season in a, in a struggling side. So maybe again, as we spoke about with Will Keane, Callum Lang, the likes of CJ Hamilton, the likes of... Um, Jerry Yates, obviously, we were linked with a few of their players in January as well, um, which was which was interesting. Obviously, Lavery as well. So he didn't play. But uh, and Josh Bowler, who's loaned back to them from Forest, is also a good player. But he was on he was on the bench. But they, they got some good players. And Jerry Yates steps up, dispatches the penalty right down the middle. Um, look, it's easy to say if the goalkeeper stands there in the middle, he catches it. But you know, when's the last time you saw a goalkeeper did that? So I'm not going to blame Long despite obviously what's been what's been talked about him in a minute. And then it's 1-1. And then I have to say, I felt they had a period of time where they were on top and the game could easily have turned. Um, I felt that we needed to get to half-time at 1-1 and I genuinely felt we could then go on, kick on. And I was also excited by some of the options on the bench, you know, to have the likes of Bury, Bennett, <clears throat> Burke. Um, I was about to say Vogel Samuel, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't excite me that much. But the likes of those sort of players on the bench, it, it's, you know, you, you look at that and, and, and you can see op op options to change the game. Um, so the second half sort of kicks off and I, I, I did feel confident. Um, and we, um, I was getting a beer at halftime, I'm going to be honest. So I missed, there was a chance for Fleming or something where he headed it back and sort of piddled into the goalkeeper's arms. I hadn't seen it. I watched the highlights back. It weren't on there. So, um, I can't tell you what happened, but apparently it was an half-decent chance. Um, but we get the goal. We do get that goal. And what more does superbly. Um, I feel weird saying this, but he kind of uses his strength to sort of nudge someone off the ball, drives at the defence. By the way, just before, I'll talk about player ratings later, but I thought Watmore was brilliant. I thought he was superb. That there is the Duncan Watmore that we signed. The one that Middlesbrough were disappointed to lose. 
We've not seen it that before. We've not seen that Duncan Watman. I thought he was brilliant yesterday and I'll talk about the reasons as to why I felt he was so influential in the game. But anyway, does really well, drives at the defence after sort of, you know, keeping hold of the ball and, a, a, you know, a perfectly weighted ball through the, the two defenders. Bradshaw's already on his bike. Great run. And then I tell you now, this finish is outstanding. Seriously, watch it back. The timing... The, per the perfection of just the, the slightest little dink over the keeper as he comes out. It's in the bottom corner. Um, it felt like it took an age from where we were for it to go into the bottom corner. I thought his defender was going to get it, but he didn't. We're 2-1 up. Again, uh, fantastic celebrations in the crowd. Um, and you're thinking, there's there's no way now. You know, there's, there's they're not going to... They're not going to get a goal. I felt they were lucky to get the penalty. They didn't really create too many clear-cut chances, even when they were on, on, on top with, with pressure in the first half. And you're thinking, that's it. You know, we, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to come at us. We're going to get another goal. Unfortunately, uh, they then peg us back again. Um, and I think it's, it's Luis Fiorini, I think his name is. Um, and when I saw this goal, my instant reaction was, Long's got to do better with that. He's got to do better. He should be saving that, blah, blah, blah. Far out again, outside the area. Having seen it back, and I think people are desperately wanting to blame George Long now, right? And I try to remain as impartial and unbiased as I can. I don't think he could do much better with it. I think it's a superb strike, I have to say, from the lad. It is like a proper daisy cutter right into the bottom corner. He couldn't have got it more perfectly placed than he did. I thought it was a superb finish. And it's 2-2. The atmosphere in the stadium, I have to say, um, at that point in time was, I don't agree with the drum, but they made some noise and they were getting behind their team and we were getting behind our team. And it was a really good championship tie. Two all for the neutral, I can imagine it was a cracking game. Um, being there, it was just, I, I'll be honest, there's no notes because after time I couldn't watch. <laughs> so, um, but 2-2 um, two, two, and you're thinking, there's definitely another goal in this game. 100%. Um, and if you'd have told me there is another goal, it'd be for us and it'd come from a penalty spot, I would have said that you were lying. But it did. Uh, we get the penalty. Again, Duncan Watmore wins the penalty. You know, just sort of... He does remind me a little bit of Jed Wallace, the way he sort of runs around and sort of buzzes around with a ball at his feet. He's busy. He can sort of... You know, he, he's able to get that first touch and nick it and, then all, and that's how he wins the penalty. Someone brings him down. For me, it's a penalty. Again... Um, if the ref gives the first one, he has to give that. I don't, you know, I felt what more sort of made more of it than it was, but he was clipped. And that's a fact. It was a penalty. Um, and then, of course, it's a case of uh, Zian Fleming stepping up. You know, I did think, you know, who's going to take it? Obviously, Bogey took the last penalty that we had. We've not had many this season. I think it's only, I think that's only our third penalty. Uh, Fleming steps up and um, it's a, it's, it's Sky said it. Oh, a brilliant penalty! It was. It was a good penalty. It wasn't a brilliant penalty, but who gives a monkeys? It goes in, and the reason I say that is because the keeper gets very close to it, and it's not exactly in the bottom corner. But listen, the bottle to step up with all the pressure there, with all that's riding on it, and to score that absolutely brilliant. And Zian uh, Fleming comes over with his trademark uh, reaction, scores the goal, and we're three two up. Um, and at that point, they've got to score two goals or they're relegated. I mean, technically they're not, but pretty much they, they'd be relegated if they didn't get a win. And they do come at us. They throw the kitchen sink on. 
Um, and I have to say um, that I honestly felt it was one of the most uh, most one of the most nervous I've been uh, in a long, long time. Um, uh, uh, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Picture the scene: all of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Bill game. Um, probably only to be trumped by Blackburn next week, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and they, you know, they, they, they're going to have pressure. They're going to. They, they need to score two goals. They've got four forwards on. It's going to happen. But I felt overall we dealt with it well. And then it kind of got the sting took out of them a little bit because um, one of their players went down and couldn't continue. And they only made three subs. And it took a while to work out why, excuse me, why they couldn't make another substitution. It's because you're only allowed to make your five subs over three different intervals. And that's why they couldn't make another substitution. So to finish the game with 10 men, if I'm honest, I felt that we looked more like scoring on the counter. We did have a few sort of half chances where by this point, Tyler Bury, Ollie Burke and Bennett had all come on and changed for the front three. And just... Uh, Joe and I were talking about this in the car on the way back. Um, to have those three to come on, I mean, you know, admittedly, I still think we lack a central striker. However, to have the calibre of those three and SA not even involved, Honeyman not even involved, Bogey on the bench, it, it, it's, it's pretty bloody good. And they came on and I felt they played their part, as did Danny Mack and Scott Malone, who came on earlier. I felt everyone played their part yesterday. Um Malone's tracking and defensive work. Danny Mack's tracking and defensive work. Even Tyler Bury got back and, and defended and was putting his body on the line. That's what you want. You just, do you know what? If you go down fighting, that's fine. As long as you're fighting, that's all Millwall fans want to see. Um, and we ride it out and we ride it out and we win the game 3-2. And it is just such, it was just a brilliant night. It was just a fantastic um a fantastic result. Let's be honest, I can't imagine many of us were too confident going up there. But what that just shows you is how we have bounced back from the disappointment of Wigan. I said against Wigan, Rowett had to take some responsibility for the tactics and the structure of the team. And I said the players had to look at themselves because they didn't. It felt like they were at fault. Last night, we just started with a different intensity. We were up and at them in their faces, high press. And I honestly think that comes from, A, the tactical change, playing a 3-5-2. Rowett knew they had to come at us. There's going to be lots of pockets of space, which is why he played Watmore in the hole. He was really influential. It allowed Shackleton and Styles to sort of have a bit of space, particularly when we're, we're, we're attacking. So it was a really good um, tactical piece. Ryan Leonard, he's... At the right side of three centre-backs, he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant player. I think he does a really good job in the centre of the park. But 
that role really suits him because he's got the athleticism to get up the pitch and he almost gives us another body further up and then Cooper and Hutch can tuck in. So it was a really, really good tactical plan, I felt, from Rowett. And then the players executed it perfectly. It's a gamble to bring three players in, one that's been injured for a while and then two that have not played for ages. It's a big gamble, really, really big gamble and it paid off. Um, and the players were just absolutely fantastic. Um, and it is, there's three players in particular that I want to sort of talk about. Um, all the players showed fight and resilience and it was just, that's all you can, that's all you can ask for. It really is. We created bundles of chances. We had 18 shots. Yet again, we win a game with less than 50% possession. I think we had um, 46% possession. So look, I think it was just, it was just a, a, honestly a brilliant night um, and well worth the, I don't know, I'd imagine it was by the time uh, going up there was, was, was pretty ropey in terms of the drive. So, I'd imagine it was probably 11, 12 hours drive there and back. But you know what? I'd do it all again. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, player ratings then. So for me, there are three players that I want to call out and I'll start with them um, that I felt were, for me personally, our best players. And they are Ryan Leonard, Duncan Watmore and Tom Bradshaw. So I want to talk about those a little bit more. Duncan Watmore, um, he's come to the club and he's started a couple of games, obviously started QPR, wasn't there, but obviously scored a good goal. The West Brom game, he was poor, really poor, I have to say. He was really in, uh, ineffective. Um, and he sort of played bits in here and there and he's looked busy, but he's not really got going. But last night, his performance was brilliant. And it was brilliant because he um, he was perfect for the role that he was given by Rowett, which was basically to just play in that gap between the midfield and the defence because he knew that the midfield would have to step up and there would be space, there'll be pockets of space. And Watmore found those perfectly. I think you could tell his confidence just grew as he was more effective in the game. He, um, I'd love to see how how many successful dribbles he completed in the game, how many players he beat during the game, because he was really, really good at that. And as I said, he does remind me at times of Jed. Um, but really, really good, really pleased for him. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, having a conversation with him at the, the sponsorship day. And he's a really nice, down-to-earth, humble guy. Um, and you can just tell he's an honest professional. So I'm really, really pleased with him personally. And obviously, he was really effective for us. He created the second goal and won the penalty. So really, really effective in that game. Ryan Leonard, I want to give a shout-out to because he's been injured, obviously. And this is the problem with Ryan Leonard, right? The, this, this is ultimately the, uh, the issue um with with Ryan Leonard um because he's 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 injured too often however the 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 positives of Ryan Leonard is you can play him in a number of roles right of three center backs you can play him right back you can play him center mid you could probably play him right mid and he will do a good job genuinely he will do a super job for you anywhere and to come back in after being injured into a game of that magnitude i felt he was superb the, as I said earlier, that run that he made for that first goal, there is not another centre-back at this club or anyone that would play at centre-back that would make that run. And he has to get credit for that. I thought overall he was really, really good as well. He's just a calm head. And the other thing as well with Leonard, I think he's underrated in terms of he's not not leadership, but he's experience. And I think at times you, you need that. You need more players with experience. And um, he seems to be a popular person in the dressing room as well from what I can see. And 
I'm going to be honest. I'll give him a contract, a contract next year. I would. I would give him a contract next year because I think that he's overall, he's having him in the dressing room, having him, you know, the, the utility player that he is. And then for me, if he's fit, he should be in the first 12 or 13 players you think of in terms of where he starts or not. So I thought he was brilliant last night again. And then my man in a match. So my, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Tom Bradshaw. I walked out of the ground saying Duncan Watmore was man of the match by a mile. However, having watched the two finishes back by Bradshaw, they are class. Seriously, they are class. And Tom Bradshaw's now scored 17 league goals. 17 league goals, which we've not had for a long, long, long time in at this level. Um, and there are players that have scored less goals in this league that are being touted to be worth four, five, six, seven, eight million. So... What does that say about Tom Bradshaw? Not only does he score goals, right? But he also works his absolute bollocks off for the team. And he he is underrated, in my opinion. I think he always has been. Um, he isn't the best player in the world. He said himself in the post-match interview, he's never going to score a 30-yard screamer. But what he is going to do, if you create chances for him, you put chances in, in and around the box, he will take them. And he will also do an honest job of working his absolute socks off for the team the whole time. So for the two finishes alone, ultimately he won us the game, in my opinion, um, and he gets my man of the match. I thought everyone else, I'm not going to call out anyone else in particular, um, but I thought everyone else was still solid. I thought, as I said, the subs played their part. The one thing I will say um, that I noticed during the game, which I haven't seen since when we first started playing three at the back, when Rowett first took over. So I can remember this in... Rowett's first season and maybe part of his second season, but I certainly didn't see it when we were playing uh, five at the back at the start of this season or towards the back end of last season. But Jake Cooper was also getting forward and overlapping. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not his strength, but it gives him another thing to think about. If you've got a six-foot-six centre-back running at you with a ball, overlapping, even if it just draws players out of position, it just shows it's a very different type of approach when these centre-backs are being told to push on We've not seen that before. And I said this in the car to Joe and I stand by it. Sometimes there's this, everything happens for a reason, right? And maybe we had to go through this period of shit performances, not scoring goals, um, you know, uh, the losses we've had, because if we hadn't have gone through that, we wouldn't have had this forcing function to change the, 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 the shape, the tactics completely and maybe now, who knows, we found a formula that is going to get us into the playoffs and who knows what could happen. But that wouldn't have happened if we'd have scraped through with a 1-0 Wigan, away win, at, win at, away win at Wigan like we beat Reading when we were underwhelming. That was a much better performance and a lot more attacking in front foot. And that wouldn't have happened if we were winning the playoffs at this stage. So sometimes things are a blessing in disguise. I just thought that was a, a point I really wanted to make. Um Another blessing in disguise, I think, personally, similar to the point I just made there, is the fact that Sunderland came back and got a draw. Had they not got a draw, I'm pretty confident. So let me just let me just recap, right? If Sunderland had a loss at home to Watford, I'm pretty sure a draw for us on the last game of the season would have been enough. Unless Blackburn won their next game against Luton by four, five, six, seven goal margin. However, because Sunderland did equalise, a draw is now not enough to guarantee us 
the playoff places. We have to win to guarantee it, and it's in our hands, which is great. I actually think that's a blessing in disguise again because the fact that we have to win means we have to set up in a tactical way to go and win the game. Had we had we just been able to, to possibly draw, we may have set up differently. So I actually quite like the fact that we, we you know, it's in our hands, we need to win the game. And ultimately, it's got to be the biggest game we've had in years. Let, let's be honest, it's got to be the biggest game in years. And hopefully, just the den will get us over the line. A sellout den. We've had sellouts this season. I don't think the atmosphere has been as, as, as good as it could be. We need to make sure and all play our part and, and make sure that the atmosphere next Monday is uh, is as good as, as good as the old days, you know, like... Every time the players come near the touchline, give them great, like a proper old school Millwall, like we, the, the sort of cup games under Harris. That is the sort of atmosphere we need to generate. And I'm confident the players play like I did last night and we do our bit that we can get over the line and beat Blackburn. Blackburn play against Luton on Monday night. If they lose, um, then in reality, it'd be very difficult for them to get in playoffs. I don't even think they could, to be fair, if they lose. Um so, yeah, it's um, – no, that's right. If they lose, then they would have to beat us with a ridiculous goal swing. So, who knows what Blackburn will turn up? Will, Black, will Blackburn turn up and be on the beach because they can't get into the playoffs because they've lost to Luton? That's one, that's one potential. Second potential, they lose, can't get in the playoffs, but they think, sod you, we don't want you to get in the playoffs either. So, they come and try and beat us. The other one is – um, we now know they can't come and play for a draw, regardless of what happens, right? So the kind of playing for a draw and hopefully both of us getting in is not an, a, a, an eventuality. The only other eventuality is they come to us with a chance of getting in the playoffs still and they have to win. But then again, they've got to come at us. There'll be more pockets of space and so on and so forth. Of course, Blackburn are a much better team than Blackpool. And we all wanted just to sort of take stock of that and make sure we're uh, we're aware of that. Um but yeah, look, I think I think that's all I want to say, to be honest. Um, everything happens for a reason. Maybe there is a big reason why we've had to to change this formation. It's come at the right time. Can we now kick on and go on a you know a bit of a run of games? But look, I'm pretty sure every single person in the uh, that watches this, and thank you for everyone that does. And it was really nice to meet some of you uh, yesterday again, I just want to say a big hi to, uh, Paul and family as well. Really nice to meet you, mate. Yesterday, a uh, proper gent. So nice to meet you and your, uh, your son and daughter. Um, but I think every Millwall fan would have taken going in. Let me, let me just rephrase that. If you said to any Millwall fan at the start of the season, you're going to take it to the last game and you win your last game, you're in the playoffs. We'd have all absolutely bitten your hand off. And the manager, and the players deserve all the credit in the world in the context of the season. Yes, it hasn't been great recently, but yesterday they got the job done. They played with a, an attacking prowess and it was just brilliant to watch. And uh, as I say, for those of you up there, made some serious noise and it was just a great weekend. So look, it's going to be really weird. Um, you know, there's now, you know, eight, nine days without Millwall, which is going to be very, very odd, but it really does promise to be some game, some atmosphere and some spectacle on Monday next week against Blackburn at the Den. So listen, enjoy the rest of your long weekend and um, yeah, I'll see you down the Den. Bye for now.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.